Hi, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nerd Speech Podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and today I'm with Zoe, aka Band Name Generator on TikTok. And today we're talking about the rumor life cycle when it comes to movies, specifically superhero movies, and toxic fandom. Make sure to follow us here on your favorite podcasting app, as well as on social media. The links are all in the description. All right, so Zoe, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we're we're happy to have you. I've uh, been following you for some time now. I think you do some really good stuff on TikTok. Oh, thank and you. Give a, a good uh, kind of sober perspective on, you know, hot topics. You know how <laughs> how fandoms tend to be. I definitely either... try to. Yes, yes. We need we need more people like you around. In my opinion. Um, you, you know, the the fandoms in general tend to be very passionate about the subject matter. Yes, they do. And they take everything personally. So I do my best to not like poke anybody a little too hard because they they do not hold back when they have their opinions on anything I've said. <laughs> they do not. And the best part about it is that not only are they not holding back, a lot of times they are incoherent. <laughs> yes, um, very so, much. So it makes it for a very uh, one-sided conversation and one-sided rambling. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, when yeah. someone is not willing to like listen to you and go back and forth, they just like hurl whatever they can at you. And when you don't react like angrily, they just like, I swear, they like glaze over and see red and they just try to like insult you to get you to keep going. But who knows? It's kind of fun yes, sometimes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> It's a can of worms and, you know, I'm right there with you. I, I, we talked about this earlier. We, you know, I have to hold myself back a little bit sometimes because it's very easy to go down that rabbit hole of negativity and, and just kind of, uh, have it consume, you know, everything that you're posting out there. Um, yeah. So, so that's kind of the goal of, of today's show is talking about what those conversations sound like and what the subject matter of those conversations uh, are about. Uh, and to start off, uh, I think a little bit on the lighter side, um, I wanted to talk about the rumor life cycle when it comes to uh, superhero fandoms. And and I think to an extent, rumors and movies exist regardless of the movie, of the genre, of the, of the target audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's um, especially prevalent on, you know, the Marvel Studios, DC Comics, yeah. movies that come out. Um, which makes sense. They're the most popular uh, superhero movies and superhero brands that are around right now. Oh, definitely. Um, but something I've noticed is the types of rumors that come out sometimes are a little bit weird. Um, and the frequency and um, what's the word speed at which they come out sometimes are a little bit weird, too. What have you noticed when it comes to that? I've definitely noticed because I think since Marvel, maybe not as much DC, but since Marvel's been like churning stuff out super quick and like especially on TikTok and Twitter like the culture is like you want to get your foot in the door so everybody like backs your own theory and people will just start making stuff up like and or somebody will have a fan cast that they feel so passionately about they talk about it in a way that makes it seem like it is just locked in and people take those clips out of complete context and just run with it And they'll just start anything they can to get, like, people excited about the next thing, which, like, can be fun. But it's also very misleading because they'll just say stuff with no sources whatsoever. Yeah, I 100% agree with you there. And it's it's a pet peeve of mine because I think um, I wouldn't describe myself as um, neurotic, but (laughs) I would say I'm definitely a little bit very particular about how... I consume things and and how I think this is going to sound bad, but how I think people should <laughs> consume things. That's um, I'm the type of person that I don't like it in the theaters when everybody starts yelling and getting hype. Um, and that's probably a bit of a hot take um, on, on the fan base that way, a little though. bit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it does bother me when there's like a random rumor coming about, about mm-hmm. something that, doesn't even logistically make sense, right? right. Um, let alone how it would impact um, the actual story being told uh, and that kind of stuff, like the actual, you know, superhero universe. Yeah, hearing um, disappointment in a theater can like really take you out of like the watching experience too. Because I know 
I, I barely remember what movie it was. I think it might have even been Endgame at the time. Like years and years ago, there was going to be like some big cameo. And I remember hearing what sounded like a child, like screaming from the back saying like, oh, where is this person? And I was just sitting there and I was like, oh, come on. We're seeing one of like the greatest scenes of all time. And you're just, come on, let me enjoy this. Yeah, exactly. And the the No Way Home is, is yes. kind of the opposite. I think it was so well received, but also mm-hmm. we all knew it was going to happen. Right. Um, I think so No Way Home. You... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I think No Way Home kind of set up the disappointment for how Multiverse of Madness was received. Yes, because absolutely. Yeah, they kept so much under wraps for No Way Home that like the speculation was going wild, but since nothing was confirmed. And I think it was also kind of before like bigger creators started being like, this is happening. Here's the next thing. And that was like really a turning point because once Multiverse of Madness came out, they had it marketed as such like a huge otherworldly movie. And we were going to get to see like all of these amazing cameos. People were expecting to see like Tom Cruise as Iron Man. And like the John Krasinski one did end up being true, which like I think we kind of saw that one coming because he's been casted for so long. But it made the movie feel so much smaller than it was. And I found myself feeling like a little dissatisfied leaving the theater. But as I watched the movie more like outside of already knowing what happens, I could feel myself enjoying it more because I guess I knew what to expect. And I wasn't hearing all of this, like all of these rumors here and there, like, oh, Tom Cruise, oh, uh, Wolverine's going to be in it, all that stuff, because it really does take you out yeah. of the experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the being able to kind of enjoy it and experience it within the actual movie rather than like being in the movie and then also in the back of your head comparing it to mm-hmm. all the rumors you heard and all the things that you heard right before it, it yeah it absolutely makes a difference and you mentioned the tom cruise rumor and i think from the get-go i never really gave that one much credibility because yeah. i don't think marvel would ever work with tom cruise i really hope um, not i just the second i see him on my screen i'm just kind of like okay i've had enough <laughs> yep exactly i just i swipe I keep scrolling, right? Because it's, I personally, I'm admittedly very biased. I don't like the guy, the whole Scientology thing, the whole, uh, from what I understand, absentee father thing kind of bothers me a little bit. Um, And that's all his personal choices, like, you know, whatever, he could do whatever he wants. But I think as a business, Marvel's not going to work with him and then um risk any sort of controversy risk that like Ezra Miller situation that yeah. Warner Brothers is in right now they're oh not they're God. not going to want to do that you know yeah. especially for um you know and and sure the rumor was maybe just like this is an alternate Iron Man it's a variant we're never going to see him again no big deal so if there was an appearance I think it would have been that yeah um I will give him a little bit of credit though Top Gun Maverick was really good <laughs> um and for me to say that is a big deal because I don't watch anything with him specifically because of him. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that there's one off there. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately rumors are fun, but they can be a little bit damaging um, more recently from Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Um, the um, Aside from the rumors on Multiverse of Madness and the impact that they had on the enjoyability of that movie, um. In yeah. more recent times, it's more just like how you mentioned, right? The news, it, it kind of tries to go hand in hand with the news cycle. Mm-hmm. So D23 came around and uh, they mentioned Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford. And then next thing you know, you know, somehow Kathleen Kennedy um, made it so that Kevin Feige wouldn't announce Harrison Ford as part of the Thunderbolts movie, but then also that leaked like right. uh, you know it, it it doesn't add up sometimes right like it, it doesn't make sense for such a well-kept secret to all of a sudden leak uh during mm-hmm. the biggest uh you know news announcement that disney has of the year yeah and um, if it was going your... to be leaked for like press purposes you'd think it would come from like a different source than like a kid on twitter <laughs> So. Yeah, exactly. And and the the irony of it is that it's it's you have like Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, 
yeah. with the Deadpool 3 announcement, um, the the formula exists already. Like these are multi-million dollar companies yeah. um, that know what they're doing. Um, Warner Brothers, maybe not so much. So I can understand yeah. leaks and stuff coming from that side. Um, but for them to announce Indiana Jones and then the rumor be that, oh, because they released Indiana Jones, they didn't want to take away hype from that. Mm -hmm. So they didn't announce it for the Thunderbolts. I think it's just a little bit far-fetched. Um, you know, it is what it is. I think part of it is me also trying to just manage my own expectations. Yeah. Like you said, right? So we don't go into a multiverse of madness situation where we were right. expecting so much. And then we we got basically most of what we were expecting, I think. It just wasn't as exciting because we mm -hmm. knew it was going to happen. Yeah, it was um, smaller than, I guess, I was expecting. Yeah, exactly. And the... Um, you know, say what you will about the movie, whether you like it or not. I just yeah. don't think some artistic choices were were the best. Um, I am not a fan of Michael Waldron's writing, so I am right there with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I think for for a movie that um, was very much uh, centered around like Wanda. Yeah. And, and like her her kind of quest and all that which by the way she did great i think you know yeah um I but the story itself i don't think i think there was a huge missed opportunity in having not having america and wanda talk to each other like mm -hmm. on a more deep level yeah, it was just more so like it was more like don't mess with me boom like that climactic mm -hmm. moment and that's about it you know yeah i think it was a perfect setup like hey i lost my parents and you're trying to take away another woman's kids. You know, like it was a perfect setup there that they just kind of glossed over. Yeah, Michael Waldron tends to fumble a little bit with women when he writes. So. Yeah, I mean, at least we had two female characters talk to each other. True. That is not about true. That doesn't always happen. Steven. Yeah. Yeah, so so it wasn't, it, it was better than the first Doctor Strange, I guess, in that sense. Because I yeah. think the first one, that doesn't happen. You <laughs> don't have any female characters uh, uh, we had the other. the ancient one in the first Doctor Strange, right? But she never talks to another female. I guess that's true. It's been a minute yeah. since I've seen that movie. But like going Same, along yeah. the rumor like life cycle with Multiverse of Madness, I remember when all of that happened. And again, I don't know how true this is. It could all be a rumor that I'm getting sucked into again. But I we're hearing that Wanda was originally going to be a villain in a later Avengers movie, but like Sam Raimi and Michael Waldron just really didn't want to give up having her as their villain in that movie. So that's why we got kind of like the direct into being possessed by the Darkhold instead of like the gradual corruption. But yeah, I mean, there, there's so much to kind of look back on the movie and say like it would have been better this way it would have been worse that way too and um you know it, it's hindsight's 2020 um Truly. i think i would have preferred if the movie was more along the lines of like the typical like oh we're at odds in the beginning but now we have to join forces yeah right but then ended on the note of oh but wanda's still maybe a little bit susceptible to this right because at the end of the day she's a mom lost her kids that kind of stuff yeah that definitely um, would have been interesting yeah uh i think really the answer is the movie needs a do-over and they just <laughs> need to do multiverse of madness uh the remix right, right. And, and, and it will be interesting going it. forward that's for sure yeah um and then some other rumors uh uh kind of future MCU rumors that, that we've been hearing lately is along with the Harrison Ford one on him being General Ross, a.k.a. Red Hulk. Mm -hmm. We also heard that Brian Cranston was going to be him for that some reason. That was an reason. interesting one. I yeah, very interesting. Coming. Yeah, and, is... and I could see them okay. both doing it. Yeah, really. It's really, it's a shame that the original actor has passed, but it would be interesting to see somebody else take on that role because the original actor had... He's been in that role since the first original Hulk movie with um, the other guy before Mark Ruffalo. Ed Norton. Ed Norton. There we go. I always forget his name. Yeah. I feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but and I know there's also something to be said for because I feel like there's definitely a difference. I've noticed on TikTok, at least there's the people that just like say rumors whenever they want. They just kind of like hope for the best. And then there's the people that present it in a way where they're like, 
hey, this rumor is going around that this could possibly happen. Because I follow a few people that like they frame their like wording in that way to where it's more fun to interact with because I'm like, oh, okay, you're not saying that this is like the end all be all. You're saying like this is something that's floating around in the fandom. Like this is a fun thing to engage with versus, oh, I've accepted this as a fact. When I go see the movie, I'm going to be blindsided. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's a fantastic point. Um, say what you will about Soups, um, <laughs> famous creator on TikTok and otherwise. Um, he at least makes it a point to clarify where he's hearing things from or what he thinks about certain things and and that whole kind of that whole kind of perspective that he's giving is, is it's it's still very clear that it it may or may not be true. There's others where they just present it as this rumor is going to be crazy or this is going to be nuts for the next Spider-Man movie that you know my sources trust me bro right um, yeah i think soups can be a hit or a miss because he also when the henry cavill coming back as superman rumor was going around he was yes full force but i yeah i i have no bad blood with soups obviously i've never met him i just personally yeah. do not follow his content <laughs> Same here. Um, I think I follow him just to kind of stay informed, but not so yeah. much because I enjoy yeah. uh, what he puts out there. To to be fair, you know, I think he himself is named after Superman. Um, I think so. Yeah, he's got um, like his, you know, his username is Soups. He's also got Superman syndrome. I'm not sure if you are aware. I've not heard of that. Yeah, so it's it's like a. I don't even know where it falls under in terms of uh, medicine, but it's like this uh, disease that you have that you have like very big arms and that kind of deal. So if you notice, uh, you, you know, it's not a highlight of his video. So a lot of people don't notice it right away, but he's got mm -hmm. very big hands, big arms. Um, I have not looked so at I can him understand. long enough to notice that. <laughs> I, you know what? It, the same thing happened to me. I, at first I was like, oh, yeah, it's that guy, Soups. And then I noticed it one day and I was like, wait a second, what's going on here? Um, you know, so he's named after the guy. He he he's grown up with it and that whole kind of situation. So I understand why he the whole Henry Cavill Black Adam rumor got him yeah, to the extent excited. that he gets. I definitely um, get pulled does, into them too. Yeah, I think we all do. That's the point. Um, but you know, to be fair, he also does just get super hype about anything all the time. That's true. Um his trailer reactions are <laughs> He's got a lot uh, of energy. I will give him that. I wish I had that much yeah. energy. Exactly. Exactly. Him. Um, there's a couple other creators that uh, I'm super bad with names and usernames, especially. But um, there's I a few creators. Go ahead. I was going to say, I follow one person. I forgot his last name, but his name is Jack. And he does really well with like, he'll put stuff yeah. out and he'll kind of be like, oh, yeah, this is a rumor. But like, hey, be on the lookout versus... Yeah, this is going to be what this is. Exactly. There's there's a few that, you know, will will do the due diligence and then be kind of responsible with it, which is a silly thing to say, because at the end of the day, like yeah. none of this is important. <laughs> none of this matters. Yeah, uh, it can also be fun to be sucked into the rumors. But I know. Yes, I try not to let myself get so sucked under because I remember there were also rumors that like a Scarlet Witch trilogy was going to be announced at D23. And like I had a feeling it wasn't going to be because of what happened in the end of multiverse men is like, I know she's coming back. I, I know she's coming mm -hmm. back, but yeah, yeah. They wouldn't have shown. Yeah. That, they wouldn't uh, have brought her back that flash soon. of red. Yeah. And I think it would be fun. Like personally, again, I'm not trying to start a rumor, but I think it'd be really cool to see her in coven of chaos. Like, yeah. And wouldn't it be hilarious that we're do we're doing all of this to talk about how bad rumors are. And we <laughs> just accidentally causing right? one of the, a huge, uh, wrong <laughs> rumor yeah there's um, a lot surrounding coven of chaos too especially with um she hulk uh mm -hmm. there's one where people think that nikki is connected to agatha which would be really cool yeah. but they're saying that since nikki is could be a witch and be connected to agatha that she would be the villain of she hulk and that one's just kind of like come on guys did you watch the show we already know who yeah. the villain is it's the like creepy incel website of people that are like yeah. filming her exactly. unconsensually yeah, exactly. It's it's very clear who's there's it's not that deep, fam. You know, like it's <laughs> it, it is what it is. It's a very straightforward show. Yeah. For people who 
have been so vigilantly watching the show it's like they haven't also at the same time yeah um i think but, it, it gets discredited a lot also because it's just like fun and silly and like things get thrown in and thrown out yeah because it's woke you know so <laughs> people don't give it the attention it deserves yeah, um the show. the um to their credit though she did for half a second look at the camera when she rolled her yeah. eyes i will give her uh, that i would honestly love if she ended up being connected to agatha but i don't think that that makes her a villain yeah i don't i don't think um i don't think she's the bad guy in the show and i don't think she's connected to anything no. either um it would be but, fun you know, but nothing's she is impossible like, yeah she is like the sitcom best friend so like i wouldn't be surprised yeah. if like that's her only role because she like you know she had the Wolverine like reference, so it mm -hmm. seems like those references come pretty strong in She-Hulk. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's part of the show is that it's not there to set up anything. I think it's there to literally troll us and <laughs> give us these things to make the the rabbit hole kind of deeper okay. for us. Yeah, and that's what um, She-Hulk even in the comics is all about. She's like fun. She has fun. Wow, I was about to say the same word just like three times for the same purpose. <laughs> she, it's like a fun, she's a comedic character. She breaks the fourth wall a lot. It's very, it feels very true to her character. And even Daredevil, like in some of his other runs outside of the Netflix show, I know people get tripped up on that because he's like the Catholic broody guy in the Netflix Daredevil. But in the comics, mm. he really is like, he has lighter moments. He makes jokes. It feels, yeah. it feels like true to his character too. And like the acrobatics are great. Even the creator of the Netflix Daredevil show put out a tweet where she said, like, if we had had the ability to have him be that acrobatic in our show, he hundred percent would have. Yeah, I think it was a budget thing. I think yeah. they just weren't they they weren't uh, equipped financially to to CGI him doing all that stuff. Yeah, and I also think that the Netflix version of the show was very um dark and greedy gritty and oh, yeah. brooding and you know it was very much going for that vibe yeah um, all of the whereas, netflix marvel shows were yeah exactly and and um i just don't think that's where the mcu lives i don't think that's <laughs> the main space for the mcu and and she hulk specifically is a fun show like yeah. that was never going to happen here um so, you know, it, it is what it is at the end of the day um, when it comes to She-Hulk specifically and, and how people feel about it. Um, separately, my beef is with the whole rumor mill around yeah. the show and, and where it goes. Some things are credible, some things are not. It um, is amazing to I see did, what people come up with. <laughs> yeah, the creativity on, on, on the fans is just is unmatched. I'll give them that. Absolutely. Um, the latest one now is that Spider-Pan... Spider-Man 4. We have heard nothing about Spider-Man 4. I'm pretty sure there's not even a contract in place for a Sony Marvel yeah. MCU Spider-Man. There's Madam Web going on right now, but that's outside yes. of all of the MCU stuff. Sony, I think, that's is trying to do its own thing. Sony. Mm -hmm. That's Sony continuing to um, mess up the character and the, yeah. the Spider-Verse in live action. Um, but they did good with the 4. first Venom. That gave me hope, but after it was all right. After um, the second one came out, I was kind of like, oh. And then Morbius came out, and I just thought, oh no. Yeah. What you don't enjoy, Morbin? Morbin time. <laughs> I mean, as a morbhead, mm -hmm. it's personally the movie I watch every day. But <laughs> yeah, Mor you know. Morb is life. Oh yeah, um, Matt Smith I did a great job, though. We'll give him that. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Matt Smith is an angel. He has never done anything wrong. <laughs> um, except in House of the Dragon. He's done plenty wrong there. I um, haven't seen that, that yet. I'm not I'm not big into it. the Game of Thrones things. It has so much like it it touches on a few topics that hit just a little too close to home for me. So like mentally, I have to be in the right headspace to watch that. You got to work. Yeah, yeah, you got to you got to work at it. I exactly. I 100% feel you there. <laughs> Um, House of the Dragons is a little bit better in yeah. that regard, I think. That's good. Um, but you know, it's still it's still work. You still want to commit to it and, and give yeah. it what it what it needs. So I've know, even no... seen rumors coming out of that that I feel invested in because I feel like I've seen some of the story happen on Twitter, and I'm like, oh my god, this is about to happen. This king's about to win, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I need to step out of that scene. <laughs> I'm getting You're way like, too sucked in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is it? I think. Uh, TikTok lets you be like not interested, you know. Yeah. And it let, so Definitely. you like purge your your feed of stuff. 
I um, do like seeing people's takes on the rumors though. And what I what I get the most joy out of in response to like the rumors is I'll notice somebody puts out just like this way out of left field, like rumor, like fun video. And I'll go click on their profile. I'm like, oh, I wonder what else they're saying. And then they're like, because TikTok puts you in a niche and they're in like a totally different niche. Like it'll be like someone that does fashion or like a chef or something. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe like this. Because I almost feel like we're kind of in like a little corner of the internet, but like Marvel is so big. It reaches every single person, but it's so interesting to see people that like I wouldn't normally engage with because like they're not in the niche that like TikTok has put me in and like commenting on these like absolutely insane things. I'm like, oh wow, that's so fun. Like everybody gets to be part of this. But then I'm also kind of like, oh, I hope you're not going to be disappointed when Tom Cruise doesn't show up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and just to wrap up the, the rumor talk real quick, but that that leads me into kind of my next point mm-hmm. um, about the fandoms being toxic. Yes. Uh, but on the rumor side, the the latest one is that there's going to be a Daredevil Spider-Man crossover. Um, I which... would really hope there is. I don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon, especially with like the age difference in the MCU, at least. Because I know in the comics, they like they're usually... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're homies. They share villains. They yeah. share girlfriends. You know, like exactly. The, but I not think at the same time. Peter Parker's <laughs> like eighteen, nineteen, and Daredevil's like thirties, forties in the MCU. I don't have very much hope of yeah. seeing that in any other way than like maybe they'll shove him into another Iron Man role where he's like a parental figure. But I hope they don't do that. Yeah, I I, I think two things. I would love it, but then all, but also it deserves a little bit more than just being shoehorned into whatever mm. else is going on which right based off of like the timing of this rumor and when it's coming out and all that stuff it very much feels like yes it is being shoehorned into at the very least the rumor mill right yeah. like oh there devils and everything how can i get some clicks oh i'm gonna say that there's a daredevil spider-man rumor boom Right. It would be cool to see Um, Spider-Man pop up like here and there and like the Devil Reborn, Daredevil Reborn, Born Again series. I don't know. They've changed the title a few times just to see him kind of because like they're both in New York, maybe seem like swing by in a thing or like even have a conversation, but not like a whole like dynamic thing going on. I think the age difference is just too much. I think they're also going to definitely and this may or may not include Spider-Man, but I think they're going to kind of redo the whole Defenders I think so. Approach yeah. of things. Um, maybe not specifically with Defenders, but, you know, w- in the sense that you've got all these MCU properties on Disney Plus, they're not getting mm-hmm. movies, but let's cross them over too. Avengers crossover every five, six, seven years, right. every year or two years, however, uh, however often the Disney Plus heroes were going to cross over as yeah. well. And I've definitely heard rumors of the woman, Kristen Ritter, who plays Jessica Jones and then Luke Cage, that they might be coming back. Coming back. Would love to see another, like, their version of Defenders also. Yeah. Yeah, you see, like, this, I think, is, is, you know, responsible speculation, right? (laughs) Uh, We're we're talking about this and none of this is confirmed. All of this could be absolutely incomplete, you know, incoherent and wrong. Um, based off of what we end up getting, but right. we're not like basing our like entire hopes yeah. and dreams on the MCU on this stuff. Right. Like I, I have so much hope because Jessica Jones is one of my absolute favorite like Marvel shows to, and like, I know it's not a movie, but like it rivals some of the movies for me. Would love to see her in the MCU. I don't have like the highest of hopes to have the exact version of what we did like in the show in the MCU or even in the MCU at all. But like, I will hope I will hold out hope, <laughs> but not in yeah, like I mean, a delusional type of way. Yeah. And, and, you know, we'll have to see, I think there's an audience for it and I think there's people that'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's a business. So, yeah. uh, you know, they're going to have to go with, with where the the banks tell them to go yeah um touching on what you said earlier about kind of like marvel being kind of a little corner of the internet Mm -hmm. um but that it also at the same time lets you interact with different types of people and different types of accounts that you would you wouldn't typically right Mm -hmm. um i think that that nails it on the head uh when it comes to what marvel's trying to do which is essentially appeal to more people 
Oh yeah. Right. Um, yeah, they the reach She-Hulk. everybody. It feels like. Exactly. So She Hulk ten years ago, though, I don't think would have worked necessarily. Yeah. Right. Because we um, even didn't get Black Widow until she was dead in the MCU. Because we were going to get that movie yeah. like five years prior, but I think they ended up going with Doctor Strange instead because they just they really didn't know what to do with her. So yeah, yeah if they had done yeah, She Hulk, I don't think it would have had been done to the same type of justice that she's getting now and i think also that the um i saw a creator post something about um when he was in school he was bullied for liking comics (laughs) you know um when i was in school um you know it was not so much the case uh there wasn't like this huge oh my god you like comics what a nerd it wasn't like that either um but it but it definitely was nobody was getting bullied if they happened to like you know, anime or comic books or whatever. Yeah. And I think now it's the standard. I think you're weird if you don't like comic book movies right. and you don't watch anime or or that kind of stuff. I think yeah. you're the you're the weird kid if you don't like that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I think social um, media is definitely a big reason for that because like say what you will about Twitter, everybody will say what they mean exactly no matter what. Yeah. And there will always yep. be people that agree and disagree. But then TikTok especially, I feel like Again, with like how the algorithm works, how you kind of get put into a niche, you can be who you are in that niche. You can post about like anime, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, anything you want. And people will find you and you kind of like build a community a little bit. And then every now and then it gets like shot out to the wrong side of TikTok, which that one's not as fun. But I feel like it definitely gives people more confidence to kind of like enjoy the things they like, like out in like public or like in schools. Cause I know the majority of people that are on TikTok are younger. And obviously I'm not in high school anymore, but I know when I was, there was no big divide with like, I don't know, you know how like 80s movies are where they have like jocks, nerds, yeah, all the other ones. I never experienced that, but it also had already become so mainstream by then. It felt like you could enjoy it, but it also wasn't at the point it is now where every single person you could walk up to them and be like, Hey, did you hear about what happened to captain America? And like nine times out of 10 people know what you're talking about now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's mainstream now. You know, you absolutely nailed it. Like people know it doesn't matter who they are, where they're from. Like my parents know, uh, younger, the younger generation knows we know, obviously. Um, it's just, it's the standard. Yeah, and I feel like you kind of know what's going to happen in these things, even if you're, like, making a conscious decision not to watch the movies. Like, my best friend isn't super into it, but, like, she sees my content pop up all the time or, like, things on Twitter. So she has, like, a general idea. Yeah, exactly. And and for the most part, I think for a good chunk of time, um, and this could just be that social media and the internet is much more open and accessible now yes Um, but for a good chunk of time the past 15 years i feel like people didn't really argue that stuff was bad in the mcu or yeah uh, things were woke or dog water or whatever or pushing an agenda i feel like yeah it was a very specific formula almost every movie was like very much the same so unless it was like really 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 something else then most of the time people were like oh yeah that's good and then they move on Exactly. Yeah. And then now, fast forward, um, I feel like a lot more of the uh, target audiences has been have have been diversified. Yeah. And those people that are not in the target audience for the latest project Mm -hmm. are kind of they they're up in that rotation of who's going to be bitching. Yeah. Um, So the the most recent one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And what I want to kind of understand better is, you know, why can't things just be okay? Right. Like, I'm not saying that you have to love She-Hulk, right? It it has its moments. It has its episodes where it's great. It has, it has its episodes and its moments where it's maybe a little bit boring, not the best, whatever you, you know, I have, like, I have valid critiques over it. Yeah, there are but valid It critiques. feels like, yeah. And I think that the um, people who complain about it online, though, it's either like absolute everything, not just She-Hulk. But if they're complaining about something, it's because it's absolutely trash. It's mm-hmm. bad. It, I Somebody called it dog water. Yeah. Um, you know, 
it's, you know, why can't it just like, is it really that bad? Did they, did Marvel really spend millions of dollars to bring this up? And then it's that bad. Like right. that hasn't happened since like Thor two or something, you know, and even yeah. that wasn't that bad. It was just new and kind of trying to find its ground. And it had a bit of a sequel syndrome happening. Yeah. Um, so the you same know, thing happened with what, the Iron Man one too. I think Iron Man three really like same thing with the, same effect that Thor 2 had like it really wasn't that bad but like it was it took a turn yeah exactly and and we say it like oh it wasn't that bad it just wasn't as good but then the the people that complain nowadays I feel don't express themselves that way they don't see it that way they say it was trash they say it was bad and like where does that absolute line get crossed you know like mm-hmm. there's no way that something is absolutely good there's no way that something is absolutely bad yeah um, there's always a middle ground but a lot of people ignore it and i think the pandemic also had something to do with that because everyone was trapped in their homes like you're around your family you don't get any outside opinions so like when you see somebody else like you interact with their content and they have a bit of a different opinion or like you have a different opinion it almost seems like you're trying to like really like yell to get your point across because like maybe all of these people that you've been with for like however long the lockdown and quarantine was that they like you kind of stop listening to people when you're stuck with them for a while so like they're trying to get their point across in a very extreme way and then after all of that kind of like we're in a world now where obviously COVID still exists but like we're not in that 2020 era anymore and the intensity has only like gone up because as they're going forward into their lives especially like especially the younger people who experience this in like their early teens like middle school areas eras wow I can't talk today (laughs) they're just like wanting so badly to get their point across they will do anything to make sure that you hear their point and so when they can't just accept that something's like oh yeah it's okay oh yeah I'm not the target audience they have to make sure their opinions are heard Or again, it's the people who aren't the target demographic where they're like, well, I don't see myself in it. So obviously this is the worst thing to ever exist. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. That last thing that you said there, right? You grew up or you spent the last 15 years watching content that was literally showing you for all intents and purposes, showing you as the main character. Mm -hmm. Um, But then... um, now all of a sudden it's not you anymore because you're not a woman, right? Or you're not a teenage girl in high school, like in uh, Miss Marvel. Right. What's Ms. interesting Marvel about got, that? Got so much <sighs> hatred for so no much, reason. So much heat. Yep. And it again, right. it was exactly. like a fun show that furthered a really interesting story. And if people would just yeah. take a step back to realize you don't have to be the main subject of something to be able to enjoy it, their lives would be so much better. Yeah, exactly. And what's interesting about that, too, is like, yeah, you're not a woman. Yeah, you're not a teenage uh, Muslim character, right? You're not those things. You're also not a billionaire flying around in a metal suit. You're also not a super soldier. You're you're also not, uh, you know, whatever, however you would classify Hawkeye. You know, you're not (laughs) the Avengers. You are not an Avenger yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. they missed a point, I think, you know. Yeah, and And um, like other people... Like, every single person should be able to enjoy, like, media. And everybody deserves to be able to, to, like, see themselves in media. So, like, why does it just have to be, like, this certain demographic? Like, everybody should get to be a part of it. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is so big and wide. And every single character has such, like, incredible, like, rich backstories. So, like, why would we not just bring them all? Because everybody is involved. So, like, why not have them on screen? Yeah, and I think those people are the people that are telling on themselves yes. that they haven't read comic books. Mm-hmm. It's um, always the and people I don't wanna... that say, well, in the comics, that have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, and, and I don't want to gatekeep because, especially now, I'm so busy that I don't have time to yeah. read books. For, you know, like, I don't read the Game of Thrones books. I don't <laughs> read comics like I used to when I was a kid. Um, and that's fine. That's not a problem. The problem is when you're using it as like a defense and then you're absolutely completely wrong. Right. Um, that That's where it's the issue. You know, like, hey, you wouldn't be calling it woke if you can connect the dots and see that this is exactly the same way it was in the comics. Right. Like when Sam became Captain America. 
Oh man, people were going insane as if that's not been a storyline for years and years. Exactly. As if Bucky didn't need literal therapy mm-hmm. and to literally be cryogenically frozen. Um, and then even in, it wasn't up until uh, the Disney Plus show that he finally got the uh, the brainwashing undone, right? Yeah, like, exactly. It was, it showed that he did it in Wakanda and like, not to be like in the comics person, but when Bucky was Captain America in the comics, he hated it. He it was not for him. He had, was not having a good time. Yeah, but you know what though? That would make such good TV because it would Gosh. be like the tortured hero, you know, and it'd be gritty and brooding, right. and blah blah blah. Yeah, I love you know, Bucky and- as much as the next person, but like he MCU Bucky especially doesn't need to be Captain America. He's got his own storyline. And like the MCU yeah. obviously does depart from the comics, like as it should, because it has to. Yeah, it's interesting to see new stories. So like you can introduce yeah. whatever you want. Obviously, it doesn't like you can take inspo from the source material, but it's nice to see new things as well. Yeah, and I think some stories make sense to adapt yeah. true to the, the original and some stories make sense to change yeah. um, the Sokovia Accords, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that makes more sense than the Superhuman Registration Act. Right. right. Like, yeah, what, we didn't why? Know yeah. And exactly. Uh, half the characters don't exist in from the original story. They don't mm-hmm. exist in the MCU. Didn't exist in the MCU yet. Um, and then not only that, like most of the impact that the Avengers have had at that point were outside of the U.S. Well, it, it was global. Yeah. It was like a kind of unified global movement that led to these Sokovia Accords. Right. Um, And I'm personally am team cap, but like, I understand why the Sokovia Accords was put into place. Like it makes sense, but also like, I'm glad they're repealed now. (laughs) Same here. I think Captain America got the validation he deserved. (laughs) Um, Not that I don't think he struggled with it. I don't, they didn't really show it in terms of like what he had to live through in between infinity war and Endgame, But I don't, I don't think the remaining half of the population gave two craps about no. whether he was a fugitive at that point, you know, because no. literally half the world's gone. Thanos killed everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, they got bigger things to worry about. But it's nice. It's nice to see it like very plainly said in She-Hulk that they were repealed. Mm-hmm. The most we got, the closest we had got to that was Tony Stark kind of giving that monologue at the beginning of Endgame like you said we'd lose together we didn't do that and you said I said I needed a thing and that in my opinion was sure to kind of set up the whole kind of divide that still existed between them and that he was upset yeah yada yada but I think it also inadvertently was giving was showing Tony realizing he was wrong yeah, and definitely. Tony realizing like, oh, I should have signed the accords. Yeah. The accords were not good because we lost, because we were separated, because we had this falling out with each other. Mm-hmm. Had we not had that, things would have worked out. Um, and I think, and it, that's one of those things where maybe it was on purpose, right? Maybe the Russo brothers thought of that. Yeah, um, they've thought of a lot of things. I, yeah, exactly. I have to say, out of all of the MCU projects, usually... I know they haven't really worked with MCU lately, but like they do some good work. I'm not a fan of Steve's yeah. ending. I will fight them on that forever. But like the Captain America, the Winter Soldier was great. Um, they did mm-hmm. Endgame really well. Definitely Endgame was a gigantic like, I mean, it's not from like a story standpoint, like a cinematic masterpiece, but watching it in the theater definitely feels like it. So like, I really don't care. <laughs> Yeah, same here. Uh, Infinity was the better movie, I think, yeah. the better story. Definitely. Um, but I think um, Winter Captain America Winter Soldier is like number one in terms of the Russo resume for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, in the that MCU. one's one of my favorites, and it like always will yeah. be. I don't know what it is about that movie. It's really like it's a very like cut and dry like Captain America movie, but something about it just like. It spoke to me. It like changed my brain chemistry a little bit. That will always be my it's, favorite. It's a good movie. It had it had the action, but it also like made you question things and made you kind of think about like, you know, for some reason I feel like a lot of the people that hate on She Hulk and hate all these other things would also be like, yeah, you know, freedom and liberty and all this kind of stuff yeah. that Winter Soldier 
talks about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like, hey, go watch that movie again. If you're complaining about She-Hulk, go watch that movie and right. and and just consider the fact that maybe you're on Hydra's side. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's just it's one of those movies that it makes you think, but it also gives you the action. Mm-hmm. So it kind of feeds both sides of your brain. Yeah. You know, the creative part, but then also the the logic and the thinking and the reason. Oh, yeah. And um, like, the, I feel like, again, like with the fandom in like 2016, like when Age of Ultron kind of came out and like, right. No, 2016 is when Winter Soldier came out, I think, like 14, 15. I don't know. That era, I feel like is when the Marvel fandom was at its like, not necessarily a plateau, but I feel like people were very much on the same page of like where the Marvel Cinematic Universe stood with them. Like they saw it in a positive light. But then yeah. after Endgame, everybody always says, oh, after Endgame, the, like the MCU went to absolute trash, which just isn't true because most of the people that say that ride for No Way Home. And I feel like No Way Home would have been the one that kind of like set up the rest of it to fail because of how big that movie was and then just the cameo after cameo after cameo that's what people were looking for so the fandom kind of like turned on the other people in the fandom and the marvel cinematic universe because like now nothing is good enough so everybody's just kind of like all right where's the person i was waiting to see you didn't care about seeing him you're an idiot this thing is absolutely terrible and it's just so hostile you know what shut up yeah god I hate those people that they're right? just like spewing hatred for like no reason. Like, yeah. like I get it, bro. You don't like it. You don't have to tell me to shut up. Man. Exactly. <laughs> and I like, I make a lot of videos where like I put my opinion out there and I'm totally aware that people are going to disagree with me because I was talking about the Loki series and like my opinions on Sylvie. And I, this morning, actually somebody was in my comments so angry that I said I didn't care for like the character development that they gave Sylvie because they made they like removed her from being a Loki and they were like you're just mad that they gave Loki a love interest because you wanted to be his love interest and I was like if I wanted that I'd read a fan fiction <laughs> I'm like That's so weird right yeah. and I was like they just didn't do her character justice like if they wanted to make her enchantress they should have given us a more of the enchantress I don't know yeah or just given her the same story. Exactly. but not as a loki yeah you know like i'm not a loki variant sense. i'm an enchantress variant and yeah. here's my beef and you know mm-hmm. and everything else could happen exactly the same it's just you know a different character variant exactly um, but they were just so angry that i had an opinion and i was just like i don't know what to tell you like this is just what i think and they were like no you just want to whine in front of an audience and i was like yeah, I'm giving my opinion. Like, I'm going to air my grievances to, like, people to get their opinions on it. Sorry, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So how do we fix it? I how do honestly we fix the toxic fandom here? I This is going to sound terrible. I don't think there is a way to fix it. I think it's just going to have to fizzle out. <laughs> like, I feel yeah. like it's going to have to be a full or even like a pendulum because like everything swings one way or another. And right now we're on like the extreme side where everything Marvel does is terrible. Everybody hates it. They're like saying that like the superhero movies are oversaturated and we're just going to have to like swing back to a point where like nobody cares. Like movies will come and go. People are less excited. And then eventually it'll kind of like swing back to the other side where people are like, oh, I'm really excited to go see this movie. Do you want to go with me? Like, let's talk about how we feel about it. And I think also with having big creators um, talk about like every single little detail and break every single thing down to instead of being like, this is an Easter egg, they turn it into like a, you should see this, like this should be your opinion on it. I think that is going to have to kind of like change a little bit. So, yeah, I agree with you. And, and I think with a lot of things in America, but yeah. also the world, education goes a long way. Um, and I don't mean like education, like I'm not calling people stupid or anything, <laughs> but yeah. education in, in terms of like how to consume media, mm-hmm. I think is is a uh, is a big part of it. Like yes. most people are not trained to be critics. They're not trained to manage their expectations. Plenty of people need therapy. Um, you <laughs> know, so it is what it is. And, and, but if you go into something and you know what to expect or sorry, 
if you go into something and you don't have any expectations and you say it is what it is, I'm going to consume it and then just kind of put this in a bubble and make a judgment on it. It's very different than, hey, I've been watching House of the Dragon for the last four weeks. Now I'm going to watch Ring of Powers, which is objectively a very different show about different subject matter in a different world, a lot slower Mm -hmm. moving, slower pace. You know, I'm not going to be disappointed because I understand that it's not supposed to be the same as House of the Dragon. I understand that, you know, a Batman movie is not supposed to be the same as a Spider-Man movie. Right. Mm -hmm. That that kind of stuff. And and there's people that it's even cross fandom. Right. Like DC people don't like Marvel. Marvel people don't like DC. And, you know, I I like what I like. Like, you know, I may not watch them over and over again, but I like Mm -hmm. the Warner, the DC movies. You yeah. know, I'll I'll give them all a shot. I'll watch them. I won't watch Wonder Woman eighty four again, <laughs> but but yeah. you know, I I'll, I'll watch it and I'll I'll try and like it. Um, yeah. Robert Pattinson Batman. I'll try and like it because I kind of go into it with these expectations and and these ideas in mind already that the world is gray and you know it's not going to be the worst thing in the world if the movie happens to be bad. Yeah, and you like, know, like it's fun to be in fandoms. I've Like, as somebody who grew up, like, I've always been online. You could even, I don't think that I'm chronically online. I try to distance myself from that, especially as an adult now. But growing up and, like, obviously you're going to like the things that your friends are going to like. But it's nice to be able to kind of, like, go into a fandom and just, like, express all of your opinions and then you find like like-minded people and then you get to also kind of like go back and forth with people that don't necessarily agree with you and even I feel ridiculous saying it but even like fan fiction I feel like is so much fun to interact with because you get to see the stories you love from somebody else's point of view you get to like see yourself in those stories too and I just wish that like there was so much less hostility which will always come with a fandom Star Wars fandom I don't even post about Star Wars anymore. I've never been as attacked as I have when I would post about that. So I just don't. But I love being like in the trenches of a fandom. It's so much fun. But yeah, it's yeah. it's less fun when the people come in and they're like, you're stupid for disliking this. Or like, you like this? Wow, you have no taste. All of your opinions are dumb and you have no credibility. And I'm like, credibility? All of this is made up. <laughs> This is all fake. It could right. be whatever Kevin Feige wants. Like, yeah, we're it's just Kevin yeah. Feige's world. We are living in it. Yeah, chill out. Okay. Yeah. So essentially, like many other things in the world, uh, when it comes to toxic fandom, we just have to deal with it and live our lives. Um, thank you very much, Zoe, for being on the show. Yeah, you I'm so glad I got officially to. our second guest ever. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, thank you for your time today. Um, if you're listening, if you're still listening, uh, make sure to follow us here on your favorite podcasting platform, um, as well as on social media. Uh, links to our accounts and Zoe's account will be in the description of this episode. Um, so that's all for today. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. See you later, nerds. <laughs>